Hello and welcome to the very first episode of The Good, The Bad, The Rugby Australia, proudly brought to you by our good friends at Harvey Norman, a respectable family favourite and successful enterprise business who I'm guessing have absolutely no idea what they are getting themselves into. So what is this? This is The Good, The Bad and The Rugby Australia. It is the Antibonean franchise of the biggest podcast, rugby podcast in the universe. Hey, look, it's not just me on this thing. You might be wondering, why is this bloke here? I've got these three guys with me. Considered Rugby Union's hottest thruple of all time. <laughs> thruple? Thruple. With, three, with 295 international caps between them, it's Drew Mitchell, Adam Ashley Cooper, and Matt Giddo. Hey. How good. Yeah, exciting, huh? Yeah. Pumped. Mate, what an intro. Yeah. yeah thank you, mate. Worked up that all last night, and I'm pretty happy with it. Hey, so apparently the first thing we've got to do is we've got to work out who the good, the bad, and who the rugby is. Mm. I'm guessing, Gitz, you're probably the good. Yeah. Which means you two can fight it out. Who's the bad and who's the rugby? Well, you've played plenty more rugby than I have, so... I'll take rugby. I guess I'm the bad. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, that's either the bad, like... You're bad. A bad player. Yeah. Bad no, person. No, no. No, no. No. Just bad, you know? Oh, yeah. Bad, like, good bad. You know I'm bad. Yeah, like Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly it. Hey, let's start with this, boys. What are you hoping to get out of this podcast and why are you doing it? Uh, look, for me, I think initially it was just the the um, the opportunity to, to do something with these boys. Um, we've, we've already... Gone into a venture a few years ago, uh, Backline Wines, um, which no longer operates. So hopefully this <laughs> this has uh, some more longevity. But I think also, you know we're obviously really tight throughout the course of our careers. Uh, came across one another's paths at various different moments, but then you know just formed this you know really really tight sort of mateship uh, throughout that period. But we're tra- transitioning into the real world, and and it's I guess there's less opportunities for us to spend time together. Uh, through the week, uh, on the weekends, and and just do something together and 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 enjoy one another's company. So, mate, um, look, it's it's a thruple, but maybe we could, over time, uh, we could maybe make it a quadruple, quadruple or something. Yeah, <laughs> bring quadruple. you in. Are you guys? There'd be initiation though. What what does that involve? No, we could talk about it. Yeah, you'd probably start with a tanning. Yeah, get your strides down, and what, and then you just. What well, built my ass? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, pretty yeah. much. I'm in. I'm sure we'll get to that. It's just some some things. Can we do that to start with, guys. I like that kangaroo court and all that. Now, are you guys the same? Is this is this for you three to hang out and to talk things, all things rugby? Well, yeah, I mean, I glass of beer and get away from the kids. Yeah, um, that's why I'm here. Yeah, my kids are pretty young at the moment, like eight months, three and a half. So yeah. a bit of time out from yeah the trenches is. Welcomed. Obviously, to talk about rugby. And yeah, definitely. All that. yeah, 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 that's yeah. the main reason yeah. we're all here. I've got a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Yeah, yeah right. so I'm hiding from them. Yeah, as well. What you, kids, you got kids, don't you? Yep. What you got? Uh, Eleven, nine, and then two and a half. Oh, nearly three. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I I'm uh, single and uh, kidless. Yeah. Well, he the, is mate, bad. He's <laughs> the bad. Everyone's going. You fucking loser. No, no. We're going to say it. That's going to give us some mileage. With these <laughs> things, you always want one bloke that's still out there getting out and about. So we might be able to do some dating games. Uh, maybe ladies can write in. They can Ooh, get, that's yeah. a good idea. Get a date with Drew. <laughs> yep. And Anyone. Like Everyone's that. welcome. Is this what it's come to? I, I think so. You've got wow. to sell this shit. Hey, uh, let's talk about the reason for the launch of this podcast now and why the good, the bad and the rugby Australia is getting its start. It's for the next 10 years, Australia is going to be the centre of the rugby universe. Yeah. Um, we've got lots of stuff happening. We've got the British and Iron. Well, obviously, Australia will first of all win the World Cup. Yeah, uh, this year. Next year, we'll shit it in the Bledisloe. Easy. Yeah. Then uh, twenty twenty five British and Irish Lions are back down here for the first time in yeah. twelve years. Shit that in. Shit that in. Uh, twenty twenty seven Men's Rugby World Cup. Shit it in. Shit it in. Yeah. Back, back to back. To back. Yeah. <laughs> Cricket score in the final. <laughs> Put the All Blacks to the sword. Uh, twenty twenty nine Women's Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Shit it is. Yeah. And then 2032 Rugby Sevens, the Brisbane Olympics. Yeah. You're kidding. No. So, you know what we're doing here, boys? What a run. We're lining ourselves up for 10 years of employment. (laughs) I don't know how long Harvey Norman will hang (laughs) It's just a long-term play. It is, mate. And you know what? I think think it's going really well so far. Now, (laughs) guys, yeah, it's going great. Now, out of all of that, what what are you looking forward to the most? Let's, Let's start with that. Out of all those 
tournaments. Have the next and, 10 years. Just pick something. <laughs> just have a crack at something. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go British and Irish Lions because I was overseas the last time that they toured Australia. I've never been a part of that. Uh, never got the opportunity to play in it or even go to a game. So that'll be exciting to be around for that. Did you guys play against the Lions last time they were here? I didn't. I, uh, I'd signed earlier in the year to, to go over to Toulon and Ewan McKenzie was a coach at the time and made the decision that if any player had signed to leave Australia that they weren't going to pick them. Um, oh, this was before the... This is before... The, the Mitchell rule. The, the, the Mitchell rule, um, yeah. but, this, but, I mean, I was still eligible because I was still contracted to Rugby Australia, but he just chose not to pick... An, it was not just myself. It was a number of guys that had committed overseas, but they also wouldn't release us. So, right. for about three months, I was stopped from going to France, but also not able to play here in Oz. So, for three months, I pretty much... You came over in shocking, Nick. On, he yeah, was in terrible I just went long, long, yeah, long lunches like for three months, which was detrimental. And I turned <laughs> up to, uh, to France and there was a couple of comments like, we signed a winger, not a prop. How many, some, how some many kilos did you put on? But I, I was the one that was like, get him over. I said, Drew, he's good player, strong, like fast, all this, strong, like all these attributes that he's got. He turns up in bad nick and everyone comes to me going, like, who is this guy? This like, is couldn't guy. lift 60 on the bench press. Like, like genuinely. In bad, bad nick. Um, and then there was this one guy, Levan Chilachavi, who's a Georgian prop, old guy, balding, real hairy, whatever. And uh, he'd say to Gitz, uh, uh, Matt, um, to your friend, uh, I don't talk to him until he lose five kilo. <laughs> and I was, like in front of everyone, everyone's laughing at me. I'm the butt of their jokes. And I was so offended. But I was like, you know, I respect he's an older Georgian, whatever. It turns out... He was about six years younger than I was. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he just, he just didn't age well at all. Mate, tough country, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tough, tough I mean, look, you, d you definitely don't sort of push some of those Georges. Mamuka Gogodzi, like I'm sure he's killed someone. Mm. Um, one of the great blokes, but you don't get on his bad side. Um, I don't know whether we're on a podcast we can say I'm sure he's killed someone on the internet. Yeah, I mean. Unless he has. In, in a rugby sense. <laughs> in a rugby sense. <laughs> and Swoop, did you play the Lions? I did. How'd I did. you go? Well, we lost. Yes. Oh. So yeah, we can. But, but you, you scored the try yeah. in the second game to take it to a decider. Is That's that right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Oh man, I would much rather you talk about no, that. No, well, I, I didn't actually watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I was in France. Um, I mean, it was a great experience. Um, I mean, the first game up in Suncorp uh, had the whole family up. All my mates came up for it. Full house, fifty thousand screaming. Um, all-time atmosphere. It was yeah, it was a great experience. Unfortunately, we lost that one. I think KB fell over as he was approaching a penalty goal to win it yeah. in the end. Yeah, slipped over on the deck. You know, would have been nice to bag one, but um, game one that was. Um, then went down to Melbourne, leveled it, and then um, Robbie Deans, Dingo Special, changed the team lineup in the third. Wasn't test. it you and McKenzie? No, it's Dingo. Oh, maybe I got that wrong when I you and came in straight no, after you yeah. straight after we lost the third. Right, and um, I mean, yeah, I mean, changed the team. Jorge got knocked out in the first five minutes. Georgie Smith, yeah, Jorge, Jorge Georgie Smith knocked out in the first five. Um, yeah, things went wrong, and then they end up putting fifty fifty on us in the in the third game. Oh yuck! Willie uh, Willie Gagne, I was talking to him about it. Yeah, great memories. He said the British and Irish Lions for him playing at home felt bigger than a World Cup. Like the bigger than the World Cup final, like the actual build up, the press. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it was a huge build up. I mean, just the amount of noise. Not talking about atmosphere noise or stadium noise, like the the Brits, all the people that would travel into Oz, and the the build up throughout all the media, the newspapers, people on the street. There was people wearing, you know, the the army of red had turned up weeks before the actual first game had kicked yeah, off. Yeah, well, I mean, it's unique, right? They yeah. come once every 12 years. That's right. I mean, and there's been you know plenty of players that have played like a really long career that never got the opportunity. I think Sharpie was another one that didn't, you know, had a magnificent career but never got to play in that. So you can see why the Joseph Suolites and these guys that are considering coming across from league to union to have something so rare yeah. and, you know, like on a, on a stage that, you know, can rarely be replicated. Like it's, it's definitely a lure. Uh, well, the good and the bad and the rugby UK version, which is what we are the franchise of, they, yeah. I think they have every intention of coming down here, obviously in 2025. So maybe we can get a little bit of an Ashes thing going with them where yeah. we 
uh, you know, run off the back of their what, So what's the go? I mean, obviously, we're, yeah. you know, we're part of their team, but are we against them? Or are we competing or do we like them? Well, it's James Haskell and Mike Tyndall. Yeah, right, with good, the guys. good guys. Good yeah, guys. What about great guys. when you guys are playing against them? Were they jerks or? Yeah, Tyndall, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, sure. Massively. <laughs> <laughs> Still or? No, 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 no. Just I, it was only because I was coming through at that, that, uh, that stage when he was at the back end of his career. But he'd built such a big reputation being a strong ball runner. And he'd often target me uh, when I was first coming through. Like, Eddie moved me from halfback into the centre. Why do you think he targeted you? Like, why did he pick you? Why? Well, because every centre was probably, he would have been similar, 105 to 110. And I was, when I first came in, 78 kilos. So it was like, yeah, where I'd, would you run? Yeah, straight at you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, straight at me. Straight over me <laughs> is where he ran. Um, but he was just really lippy and... I just remember it being like a big test for me, um, like against him. So he was like a real prick to play against, which is what you want, I suppose. Mm. But then afterwards, he, he likes the beers and he he's good fun off it. Yeah. He's married well. Yes. Yeah, I think smart. he lives in the castle, technically. Talk, very transition. Yeah. And they all look pretty rich, the UK version. So if we play our cards right, yeah. Yeah, we'll shit it in. Yeah, we'll shit, <laughs> shit it in. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, sorry, oh, sorry, no, Prof. Go on, I've got go something on. here. I need to interject. Yeah. You've, you've asked all of us what's our motivation, what we want to get out of it. Mm. How, have you found yourself here, and what's your? What do you want to get out of this? Uh, this is a paying gig for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. <laughs> Obviously, uh, no. I here's Cause, the thing. Because you, you, you like rugby, right? You're a rugby man. I am a rugby man. I've obviously worked in league rugby league for the last ten years, and also cricket, and did a bit of AFL and stuff. But I actually started in rugby. So way back when, when I started in production, I was working on Super Rugby when you guys were tearing it up. Mm. Um, and this opportunity came along, and it's I've taken it with both hands. In my head, I'm thinking maybe a trip to Paris for the World Cup. Ooh. Maybe hanging out with a member of the royal family who you yep. know gets me to meet I don't know royal people. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking who should pick out of the royals to meet. Yeah. <laughs> if I could meet one, I'd love to meet Princess Anne. She seems lovely. Lovely. Yeah. And it's Mike's mother-in-law. Right, and he'll be watching this. Yeah, <laughs> Make sure we do that right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm pumped. I think this is going to be awesome if we can do this for the next ten years and we make this really good. And also, there's a real opportunity, I think, in rugby at the moment to for for you guys to create something that hasn't been done before, where it's a bit of a laugh, where people see that it's not this sort of stuffy sport that sometimes get portrayed that you're just mates that have a beer and love having a laugh. So if we can sort of do that and I yeah. can help, I think that's exciting. I, I think that's, you know, like that's key to it, right? Like it's not, we're not going to be that analytical rugby show that breaks down every play or anything like that. But it's, it's you know, like literally just mates sitting around and, and having a yarn and, and telling some stories and, and seeing which one of you is the shit bloke, Adam. Um, and, you know, like, you know, and, and just enjoying it, but also like enjoying the, the, the game. Like the game's, you know, like it's given us, you know so much but not not just materialistically but you know like the joy and and the passion that we've had for it for so long but i think also because we're on that dawn of that next sort of 10 year period or whatever there's also a real opportunity also for just sports lovers to kind of get back yeah. in love with, with rugby as well i mean you know obviously it's been probably not been at its peak for the last number of years um but people like people want to love rugby again and um you know i just think with everything that's coming up and and just uh you know and everything that is good about the game if we can help highlight some of that then you know like we're going to enjoy it and hopefully someone else out there might oh they will they'll love this this Have is great to, wouldn't they yeah if not we'll we've got at least six eps guaranteed guys so <laughs> that's it cash for six eps <laughs> uh, unless harvey norman back out after this first one hey um we're going to be dressing the set as we go along guys do you like the set here love it yeah, um, I love it. Actually, of, it's a really comfortable couch. Where did we get this from? Uh, from Harvey Norman, <laughs> where you can get all your couches. Um, I think they do beds. Yeah. Um, and I think they do... Kettles. They do tables? Kettles. I need a kettle. <laughs> tables. Great kettles. Uh, what do you think of the rug, boys? That's Harvey Norman. It's so soft. Yeah. Is so it? Soft. Normally, I'm not a big fan of the rug, but... <laughs> yes. I like it. I like it here. I like this rug. Yeah. It's a great rug. So, when we're dressing this set, I've asked you to bring in a few items. Sure. Today we're doing jerseys, mm -hmm. so sentimental jerseys, which will hang up around here. Tommy will sort that out. Um, and if there's a bit of a story attached to your jerseys, do you want to go first, Gitz? What do you got? I'd love to go first. Okay, so this was... You want to hold my mic? Yeah, I can hold that for you. Thank you. So, <laughs> you've got it nice and tight there. Mm. So the Giltinis, LA, um, in the MLR, down the bottom there. It's the final, first year, 
we came into the competition. Uh, we won it. Coopy retired. Told everyone he was going to retire before this game. I didn't know at the time, but this was actually my last game as well. I'd signed on for another year, but Coopy's training program, he injured me all season. So oh, that's good. What I brought in is this one. Um, I like it's it. It's a good jersey. Yeah, it is a cool nice jersey. jersey. Um, bit of history behind it. Yeah, we won the comp, then headed to Vegas after that. Uh, <laughs> dress as avatars. Dress as avatar. Yeah. What, you went the full body. blue face yeah. paint? The, really? whole, yeah, yeah, paint. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah proper. For a couple yeah, of days in Vegas. We go pretty hard at Mad Monday. Yeah, I think it's important. Shows yeah. that you care about the team. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So we, um, yeah, that's it. Swoops last game. Turned out being my last game. But I remember straight afterwards, there would have been a lot of um, FOMO from Drew, but we called him, which probably would have added to the FOMO, but we called him in the change room as well mm. when we still had these on. So there's a FOMO? little bit of a connection. Oh, yeah, there was, there was plenty because I'd been retired probably three or four years at that point and even at the beginning of uh, 2020, I'd signed with New York just uh, because I thought, yeah, rugby can give you plenty of opportunities and why not go to, to New York and play? And also I was chasing a bit of... Um, cash. No, well, chasing a bit of cash. I was also chasing a girl at that point and uh, both those fell through. Um, <laughs> so so it's probably a good thing I didn't end up in New York. But then a year or so later, these boys started playing at LA and I, I just think, I think for selfish reasons, I wanted to go over there and may, perhaps be involved just so I could play alongside these guys again. But the whole idea of... Playing again after three or four years out, just for those motivations, probably wasn't the right idea. And but I mean, there's so many times where I just I was speaking to my agents, like, mate, do you think we can tee it up? Um, but yeah, I mean, there was de definitely plenty of FOMO, and also because around those times we couldn't even get over there or or um, you know go and support either. Like I was, even if I could have um, run the water in that game, I you know I was looking into it and all that type of thing. But um, yeah, like I loved seeing what these guys were doing over there and. And how much fun that they're having, and I mean, it's it's fine when you know to have plenty of fun. It's easy to have fun when you you're breaking the salary cap and all the rules of the competition, which is why you got kicked out. <laughs> that was is that us. what happened. That was is that Austin. why you got kicked out. That wasn't us. Bullshit. We were yeah. playing by the rules, <laughs> mate. What? Yeah. Excuse me one second. I'm just gonna go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually? No, mate. Yeah, he's got a. Uh, yeah. I've got a real He's got a weak bladder. He's got a yeah, very tiny bladder. Pause there. Okay. Do you think that's because you were putting it hard on him then with the salary cap? Maybe. No. Hey, let's not is pause. Let's bag the shit out of him. All right. right. While Gitz is in the toilet, did he play one year too long? Uh, well, I think he still thinks he's playing. Mate, the, the amount of training that this bloke goes through is fucking There's a chance he might play for Gungarland. The I coach there, Lockie McCaffrey, is putting on him hard to try and play as many games as possible to qualify. For the finals. He will. And I've got this outrageous prediction. I reckon Eddie might pluck him out for the Oh, that is outrageous. That is, how good would that be for the show? It's got some legs. Oh, he's coming back now. He's coming back. Gets, that was good timing. Because yeah. your old mate Swoop here has just tossed up an absolute doozy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's a doozy. <laughs> There's talk of Eddie bringing Gits back. Yeah. Is it legit? Yeah. It's happening. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Have you? It's happening. Yeah, that's why I trained this morning. I had and why to FaceTime Eddie, and he was watching me train. Really? Yeah, just with those certain uh, timings that you've got to hit. So I, I was hitting those. Kids, <laughs> yeah, run, mate, run. No, it's not happening. Now, obviously, you caught up with Eddie <sighs> a couple yes. of days ago. Mm. Um, did you discuss this with Eddie? Gets coming back. Uh, we did actually. Um, it was raised. It was raised, yeah. I mean, I think it was shut down pretty quickly. Yeah. But um, Look, I've heard you say this a few times, Swoop. He thinks because you keep yourself in shape, you might play a bit for Gungahlin and then with uh, your versatility, experience, all the rest, Swoop genuinely thinks there's a chance. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I've heard yeah, you no, say that. I thought we are just going along with it. No, 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 no. He floated I've, it just there. I've, floated, I've been I've, floating it for a while. I've spoken at another gig for um, and I know Young Care, great people at Young Care. Um, and he he pitched the same thing to them, saying, "I'm telling you, don't be surprised." Well, I mean, um, how come I've not read any of this? In oh, the look, press suite? yeah. Oh, Where's no. the support? We can start a campaign. Yeah, look, we can. We'll start it here. But um, mate, I genuinely think you know, you know, with injuries happen, I'm not going to say you're first picked. No, I you think we I need you. you to piss into a cup because you must be high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now oh, you but did also. But you look at your last World Cup that you went to. What was the hard thing? Not the games or the train. It's like that Monday to Friday, that grind, like yeah. motivation, doing all that. Like, 
I, I don't have that. I really like supporting the boys, watching them play. What do you mean you don't have it? You're running like six Broncos hey, a week. No, but that's like individual. Like I just like to get a bit of a sweat on. There's times when I get up. When I get up in the morning, get a sweat on. Yeah, but there's but times when yourself. Yeah, but there's times when you don't feel like it. You just want to get a tick over, and I'll tick them over. We're, Whereas we're, if you're playing, you have to always push. We were looking at our health app last night on the phone, just oh. comparing notes. Yeah, my resting heart rate. Resting heart rate is 40 beats per minute higher than kids. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but hang on. That doesn't That's mean really I'm fit. Drew. Have you? Yeah, no. What are you, what's not, your resting heart rate? Yeah. It says general health, and Matt's just like, um, you know, like it's very high or something. Mine, mine is below average. <laughs> but also, the best one was his walking heart rate uh, was like 20 or 30 more than mine. But his walking stride is less. So he shuffles, but he's got a higher heart rate. Oh, mate. Like he's in, I, he's in bad. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, bad I don't think what we're worried about there is his heart rate is yours. Yeah, I think I you've know, got plaque in I mean. the heart, mate. Gonna, Mine's normal. We might yeah. need to get you checked out. Now, as I just mentioned, yep. you boys went and chatted with Eddie Jones. Big scoop for the first show. Mm-hmm. Um, and you Huge. did talk to him about Gitz perhaps playing. I'm, I'm, and he was cagey. How was Eddie? Was he, was he fun? Was he, was he up for the chat? Yeah, I think he. Um, there's no pressure at the moment. There's no games. Yeah. So when you get Eddie in that frame of mind, where like he, he is good value, he can be funny. From a a playing point of view, I was always petrified of him. It was almost mm. like he was a headmaster. And even when I first walked in for the interview, it still feels that way. Yeah. But then there's a moment where it clicks, and you actually feel like he somewhat respects you now. Um, <laughs> somewhat. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, but maybe like, very As a player, nervous. when you're playing for him, it's like you never feel like you ever have done enough, which is good. It makes you always keep wanting to push, but it always keeps you in that never comfortable yeah, relationship, never player coach. Comfortable. Um, relationship. Well, that's how I felt. I don't know. I, I, I was always just worried sitting there that he was going to go, Drew, go out and mate. Go do some cardio, and I would have had to have done it because <laughs> I still feel he, like there's that power. He says you know, to do that, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Stockholm syndrome is that what that's called? I <laughs> think that I is? think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I just read this to you before we get to this Eddie interview? Sure. I, I came across this for the good, the bad, the rugby UK. It was a review of their first show three years ago, um, and it says. Uh, the good, the bad, and the rugby set out with an absolute blockbuster episode with England coach Eddie Jones as their first guest. Oh, yeah, we've done the same fucking thing. What was it? A positive review? How did it end up? Four stars. Out of ten stars, were always, <laughs> <laughs> stars, uh, always, stars are always five. five. Yeah, are stars are always five. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Jones. Here he is. What's going on here? <laughs> the superstar. It's just an mate? interview. <laughs> For a job. Well, kid it up, mate. How are you? How are you, mate? How are you? Ready to go. Should I remember that? Yeah. We're wondering what year they're from. You look ripped up, kid. He is. Mate, I'm super This is an interview. It's a trial. Are you still playing? Maybe. That's why we've got you here. No, not playing. Notice he didn't say that about us. All right, Eddie, thanks so much for your time. We understand that. You're a busy man at the moment, especially going into the preparations for the TRC and, and Rugby World Cup. But um, what made you make the decision to come back to Australian rugby? Or like, what was it that, that uh, got you over the line? And like, can you not remember coaching blokes like us? Like, are you glad <laughs> for punishment or what? I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, I think it's, when you're Australian, you know, coaching your own country is always the best thing. And, Australia hasn't done very well over the last period of time, so when there was an opportunity to maybe try and help, try to get us rugby back on the on the front page, so to speak, it was too good an opportunity not to do it. And it's fun, mate. It's fun yeah. being back in Australia. Yeah. Well, on, on that, you just said, you know, when you're Australian, you want to coach Australia. What was it like for you coaching England? Like, it, it, at any point, did it feel a bit odd or...? Uh, no, not really. Only at the end, mate, when they, <laughs> yeah. they're dying to get rid of you. <laughs> or the <laughs> knives come out. Uh, like, you know, the great thing about rugby, and you guys know you played in different teams, you know. Once you get in a team and, and you're involved in that team, you love those players and you, you love that team. And so, you know, coaching was a great experience. Like, you know, you play every game in front of 82,000 at Twickenham and that's a fantastic experience. Obviously in November you had, potentially you could sense that knives and things were coming out, like they were calling for your, for your axing. Did you have any gems in place? Did you have something? So I heard obviously a story in 2015 for the, the Japanese um, team. For the World Cup, you knew physically you wouldn't be able to beat 
South Africa. So you designed a game plan around the average passing could be 90 per test, and you made 120. You made there was something specific that you saw the Japanese rugby team could bring. Did you have a gem in place for the World Cup, or were you purely just focused at that stage on holding your job? Yeah, no, it was a bit different, and it was never about holding the job. Like, uh, yeah, I only I'm lucky enough now to coach just for sake of coaching. Mm. Um, so the England side, like when I went there originally, it was all about set piece and defence, and we had good results. But you need you need to do more than that now. And so we brought in a young nine, young ten, young fifteen, and, and when you bring young players in like you at the start, yeah. I remember your first two tests. Mate, I, I still wonder why you threw me on when we're behind by a point and put eight me in the number. Yeah, eight <laughs> minutes ago. I, I don't know what you were thinking. Yeah, but sometimes you got to do that, mate. You got to you got to bring young players through, and there's a bit of pain involved in bringing them through. And and you, you run out of time sometimes, you know, yeah. they don't come through as quick as they can. And for young players, like 9, 10 and 15, they're, they're, there's a lot of decision making uh, and they make mistakes. Yeah. With um, axing, like getting stripped, you know, you, you moved on, it's happened a couple of times, do you lose confidence as a coach? You, with the experience you've got, or you just think it's just timing or...? No, not really. Um, I think it's, it's inevitable. Like sometimes you coach really well and you win. Sometimes you coach really well and you lose. Yeah. So it's all about you know, coaching. And as you know, you know, the difference between winning and losing at test level is, is so small that you've got you've to accept sometimes you're not going to have a good run. It's never easy though, mate. Speaking of gems and World Cups, every coach goes into a World Cup campaign with some type of jam or power play, trick play up their sleeve. You know, you've got potentially a young kid, a bolter selection or how many halves you're carrying over hookers, or the time that you you spend prior to the World Cup, you know, some remote yeah, <laughs> destination. Yeah. Is there any truth to the rumour there may be a, a recall up on the on the cards here? I was because, wondering where you're going yeah, with this. I was starting to this question's going nowhere. Now I like curve, where it's, it's going. It's a bit of a curveball, and yeah. I know you I know you rate this bloke, and he's still in Super Nick. Yeah. He's you know he's running at least one Bronco a day, <laughs> <laughs> right? Any truth to that or? I saw him play his last couple of games for some time. <laughs> yeah. He actually retired me. We sat down and he, he said, look, they're, they're willing to give you another contract out of respect. As soon as he said that, I said, OK, well, yeah, I get it. I've got to go. I'm glad you answered that. Now you can, you can relax. Yeah, I was pretty relaxed anyway. And what about this, this squad that you've, you're putting together for the upcoming Rugby Championship and World Cup? Um, what, what, do you, what do you think of them? And, and where do you think the, the biggest um, points of, of improve are? Well, I'll tell you what, mate, they've got power. I've never seen such powerful athletes. Yeah. Like, you look at Taniela, you know, you got Pony, yeah. um, you know, he's pretty powerful for 10 minutes <laughs> and he'll get a bit better. Uh, and then, we, like, there's big back rowers, big centres, like, you know, Karevi, yeah. Korobeti, Vinavalu. They're, 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 it's a big, powerful team. But the big thing is, is to work together. Like, if you look at Australia over the last period of time, how many games they've lost closely, yeah, and that's generally about how f hard you fight for each other. It's, it's very rarely a tactical thing. Yeah, it's are you prepared to, yeah. to work hard to get back or get forward to support the ball carrier? So it's about, you know, tactically we need to shift, I think, because we've, we've probably <coughs> been a copycat of New Zealand for a while and, and we need to get back to playing Australian rugby, which I think's a bit more innovative, a bit more... Um, off the cuff, you know, you, you look at that state of origin last night, mm. and most of the tries came from from instinctive play from from the Queensland players, and I think that's always been the power of Australian rugby. So whilst you need to have some structure, you need to allow the players to do that. So we're trying to build a game that allows the players to do that with enough organisation, um, and and then play a, a big power game, but be able to play a, a fast game as well. And is that where, obviously, trying to change the way Australian rugby's played for so long. Is that where the guys like the experienced Bernard Foley's played overseas, Quaidy's played overseas? They've experienced these different styles. Is that where they, where you see them coming in as a Not as the ball players? Hey, hey, pretty sharp. Are you, are you the main part? The <laughs> well, yeah, I keep, I keep everything That's together. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. Well, as you know, with tens, mate. Like you look at Dan Carter, he played his best World Cup at 35. 
And you were pretty good in the 2015, mate, 10 and 12, weren't you? 12, yeah. Yeah, pretty good, though. I wouldn't say that. It's not in your 30s, aren't you? Just cop it, mate. Listen, this is getting really awkward. <laughs> I don't know why it's about me. We're interviewing someone else. I reckon you were here. almost the best player for Australia in 2015. Yeah, I've always had a soft spot yeah. for me, though, haven't you? So I reckon, you know, those guys are going to be important. They're going to be really important. Really Another important. important person would be the captain. We've heard you talk about this World Cup campaign being a bit of a smash and grab. Is it not necessarily picking a captain that's going to continue on to the Lions and, and home World Cup? Is it just... Could it be a captain just for this, this campaign? Uh, very much so, mate. Who very is it? much so. Um, <laughs> well, I spent yesterday afternoon out at the Swans. Um, you know, John Malama has been there for 21 years, 12 years as head coach. And they've, they've gone through different leadership models. They've had eight. They had eight, eight captains wow. one year. This year they've got three. And I think the way the squad is, we're probably going to need multiple captains. I always find that a little bit... Um Awkward. Suntory, we had three captains in that year and I was one of them. When you get before training, it's almost like you've got to work out who should speak uh, or who leads things. So you, that's, that's where you want, it, you want those three guys or two to guys. To communicate pre-training To communicate, so you're going to talk about this, you're going to talk about this. And, and particularly, the, the, we've got a hugely diverse squad now. You, know, yeah. you just look at the demographics, it's completely different. We need people with a range of styles and... and and characteristics to meet the whole breadth of the squad. Like, you know, some players are really good with with a certain player and then other players gravitate mm. towards the other. So I think we're gonna need that. With those styles, is there a variety of styles of boots? Because I know you're, you're big on the rugby and not the colour of the boots. Do you still carry All a, the hairstyles. <laughs> yeah. Do you still carry <laughs> a, a, spray, a black spray can no, to make no, sure no, blokes through That's mine? all gone, mate. It's all gone. It's all gone. Because we, we remember we were talking about it beforehand, like, Anyone who had Larry coloured boots, white boots, you know, it was probably pre, you know, basically every boot now, something colourful, but you, and also haircuts, gets used to have yeah, some pretty I rank haircuts and stuff. Eyebrows, mate. Yeah. Eyebrows. No, that was, <laughs> that was you. No, that, was, that was 2002. I didn't know anything about representing your country. Yeah. So I didn't understand that you're actually representing more than what you do. And to me and my mates back in Canberra used to stripe our eyebrows. And as soon as I got to Argentina, yeah, I got that. But Eddie's you, like, get rid of that. But you used to say <laughs> yeah. that um, we want to be known for our rugby, not the colour of our boots or yeah. the hairstyles we have, which is, you know, so there's more to it than just spray painting someone's boots. Do you still have that kind of mentality or, you know, like, or do you promote someone being the, the individual they are and, and embracing that? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think the mentality is the same, but definitely I think, yeah, players are a lot more individual now. Mm. Um, yeah, society encourages them to be more individual. So you just want to get the balance between not annulling the individual's personality, but the team having a strong identity. And that's what we're trying to build. And so would you say you've softened a little bit now? Uh, possibly, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who do you think, what would have been your hardest spray? You don't have to say who it was, but was there anything you remember and you're like, well, Anyone like Going back a in bit the day? Too hard. Yeah. Um, hasn't been for a while, mate. No, but you uh, reckon every time it, it happened? I thought, look, because personally, I thought there was a place for it. Like for me, you never felt comfortable, so you always felt like you weren't at where you needed to be, so you always had to prove yourself. Are things different now, like as far as. Yeah, well, I think younger players need more certainty now. Yeah, you know, I think they need more support. Yeah, you know, if, you, if you look at maybe 20 years ago it was a much more challenging environment generally you know players were challenged to be the best and your young guy coming in you had to find your spot didn't you yeah. you know even on the bus yeah and now 100 <laughs> percent. and now that sort of thing doesn't really it's not a strong part of a team hierarchy so it's it's much more about encouragement uh supporting coaching the player to their strengths uh making them feel good yeah. But wow. there's still there's still a little wow. bit there. Yeah. I would have loved that. <laughs> yeah. That would have been nice 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> Get the arm around you. <laughs> there's a big rugby union versus league thing going on at the moment. Sula, he's just signed uh, to come join your squad in, in the coming years. Uh, who are the other leaguers you've got your eye on? Uh, well, the chairman's doing a pretty good job, mate. Yeah. He, has, he's a, he has lunch with plenty of the agents. Yeah. Uh, so I'll leave that But have you, have you given him a little wish list? Uh, we've got three. There's three players. I've got a bloke, an old mate of mine, who's a, who's a league guy. 
looking at, at junior players coming through? Because ideally we want to get junior players yeah, yeah, yeah. who have played the game yeah, and they haven't quite made it in league um, because we want to get a few of those back. And, and the private schools now, the big private schools now, are basically nursery yards for, for league players. Yeah. Yeah, they put them in there, they get well educated in the basics and then they go to the NRL club. So there's two or three we'd like to get back. And uh, Peter Valandis, <laughs> your thoughts on him? Yeah, no, he's, uh, he does a great job, eh? Like, More on if you were to have a fight with him in a boxing ring. <laughs> would you back yourself? Would you back yourself there? Uh, I don't know, mate. I'd be, I think I'd come have on. to take some cover. I think he'd come, <laughs> I think he'd come out swinging. Mate. Yeah, but he'd run out of puff pretty quick, I think. Possibly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where you are now, what would you have told uh, the Eddie Jones, 20-year-old 20, 20 uh, version of Eddie Jones, what would you have told him? What sort of advice would you have given him that, with all you know now, but both for coaching, firstly, and then secondly, for life? Well, for, definitely in terms of coaching, never think you, you're any good. Like, whenever, like when you're a young coach, you want to be good and you, mm. want, and you want to be liked. Um, and that's the worst way to coach. You know, all you've got to be is just yourself and, and, and coach hard. Uh, coach to the best of your ability, and that's probably the thing I've learned in terms of life. Um, I reckon never create an en enemy. Like always, yeah. treat people with respect. What did you see the, in the three of us when you gave us our first opportunities? Um, just plenty of talent, plenty of get up and go. Like just some. You're always looking for something a bit different. Yeah. Like you were a good, strong player. Uh, Gits could play a number of positions. Had a good kicking game, could see the game, and, and Drew had electric pace. Electric pace. These ones are like quick fire, yeah. and, and as we knew as well, yeah. just be, yeah. be blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no, no support, no arm around the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. This, just be brutal. Okay, yeah. so who out of the three of us was your favourite coach? You look straight at Gitz. <laughs> You've got to say one. You've got to tell us. Uh, well, Gitz, because I coached him yeah. for a long time and okay. had him at Suntory. You don't have to provide context. Yeah. Uh, who was the easiest to coach? Uh, probably Adam, because he came off the bench after having a meat pie. That's <laughs> right. And finished his beer, he told us. Yeah. Four in 2012. Uh, who was the hardest to coach? Uh, probably you. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that. Um, who was the luckiest to get as far as they did? Uh, probably Gitz, I reckon. <laughs> Okay. And <laughs> who squandered their talent the most? Probably you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no regrets. <laughs> if you would have really applied yourself, mate, <laughs> it would have, you would have been the most unbelievable winger. Thanks. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, think we, I think we'll end on that. <laughs> Uh, so, career half from Sheffield. Mate, you only finished half your helicopter pilot. No, yeah, that's true. Um, Mate, Eddie, I know that you're, like I said, at the, at the top, uh, yeah, hard pressed for time, but yeah. we appreciate giving time to us, but, yeah, but also you. how much you're giving to yeah. the greater rugby yeah. public here in Australia and everything you're doing since coming back and, and taking it. Uh, Taking that role, so thanks very much. It's been good great. to catch up. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Podcast boys. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks mate. Good Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Very good, guys. Yeah. Is that the first time you've interviewed people? Drew, you've done it before. I've done you? it a little bit before, um, but I, I think going back to the fact that we always just feel nervous around him because it still feels like he has that power over us, like he did when he was a coach. Do you think? Coach. Which is ridiculous because right. because we're not playing anymore. No, um, and I don't know. Even though you want to. Well, you're signing me up. I don't want to. I made that clear. This is what they do. You're in the when same... When players are coming back, they pretend like they're no, not. No, the whole thing's organised. I mean? yeah. Get the cash. He knows. Is that what it is? And you love cash. <laughs> Loves you cash. You don't like it. Yeah. Every decision you've made in your career is about cash. <laughs> no, that's not true. Bullshit. No. Western Force? Yeah, cash. <laughs> yeah, and then you went back to the Brumbies because you didn't get the cash, so that's about cash. Mm -hmm. No. Toulon, no, Brumbies, cash. No, Toulon. I got offered more to go to Leinster in Ireland, but I knew I'd be miserable with the cold weather. <laughs> yeah, but it was still more cash than Brumbies, so cash. Then no, where did he go, no, Drew? Then he went no. to Suntory in Japan. Yeah. Cash. And no, I paid out I paid out of <laughs> my deal. I paid out of my deal at Toulon. I had a year Because to go. you had too much cash. cash. <laughs> yeah, and the cash was worth more in Japan. So no, no. Euro was going. Yeah, and then you went to LA. You went to LA exactly. for? 
podcast. No, I didn't. Well, the opportunity to start no. up something new was. No, actually, I, yeah, I have to agree with Books you on that. It was, it was opportunity, and you got promised that the was world, more of a life experience. Promise the franchise empire. Which is Mate, I came back is, from like, cash. You're supposed to be you, on our You just side sound like it? someone that spent all their cash. Oh, that- absolutely, <laughs> I have. Yeah. I was so bad with my money. Yep. Well, well, that was <laughs> that took a turn. Suck the air. <laughs> um, yeah. Now I've got to do a mid-show thanks to Harvey Norman. This is where we give thanks to our sponsors, which yep. um, couches magic. Oh, I feel um, like sleeping. It's so comfortable. Yeah, it's. I don't like how you took the other single chair, to be honest. I Why? can't wait to give away a kettle. I need a kettle. My kettle and a microwave this morning. What else are Harvey Norman giving away? Tables. TVs. Rugs. Uh, yes, time for a mid-show. Thanks, guys. Here we go. A big thank you to friends of the show, Harvey Norman, great supporters of Aussie rugby and the home of technology and the place to get your furniture, bedding and electrical appliances, mm. guys. Mm. They've got a great range, great value and great prices on TV, so make sure you get down to Harvey Norman and grab a smart TV so you can str- stream these three legends yeah. in and ultra... You. Sorry, these four legends in our quadruple <laughs> in Ultra HD or more likely get right into the detail of the rugby championship, which... First game this weekend, which we'll get into in a, in a sec. Mm-hmm. But uh, you were the only one that presented a jersey. Mm. So we need you boys to wear your centre. I've got one. Jerseys. I've right, got one. Yep. yours here. Let me just see what's behind this beautiful couch from Harvey Norman. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, I got this jersey. It's my first ever. Actually, I think it even says, yeah, debut versus the Highlanders. Um, Very good. First jersey I, I wore. That's a nice snug fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, that's that's tiny, isn't it? Could you try that on? Oh, I could try it on, but I don't know if I'd get it on. Yeah. Uh, look, and I did make special note of this. This is why Gits went there. Firepower. You went there as well. Yeah, didn't get any of that. Thanks to everyone involved in that. <laughs> <stitched us> up. <laughs> um, but this game in what particular. Yeah, great game. Um, oh, the Firepower, yeah, great experience as well. Um, first game. Gits was signed on, I don't know, a million dollars a year or something. You know, plenty of cash. I was signed for considerably less than that, but still better than I would have otherwise because I, unashamedly, I did go there for the cash. <laughs> yeah. uh, it didn't turn out that way, but that was a hard lesson that I learned early that uh, um, make decisions for something other than the money. Um, I really enjoyed my time there, to be honest. Uh, really enjoyed my time. But going into this game in particular, a bit of pressure uh, on, you know, like on the new signings and that sort of stuff to, to deliver. Gits would through the week would get asked a lot, you know, that that exact question, you know, so much, you know, so much pressure on you, you got signed for such a big deal and all the rest. And he would he would just quickly shift it and say, Well, no, nah, there's no pressure on me. Like they, they signed Drew Mitchell to score tries. So if he doesn't score tries, then you know, like that's where the pressure is. Mm. And so I went into this game feeling all of that pressure. And I honestly didn't have one positive involvement in the game. Like Everything I tried, almost the more I tried, the more like the worse I got, and it compounded into Jimmy Carroll, the halfback for the Highlanders. He, we had a bit of a like a push and shove after probably my ninth knock on. I was frustrated. He got under my skin. He then invited me into the car park. I was like, "That's I don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> not the headspace <laughs> That's I'm not in." Where I'm <laughs> um, and then there was a time where I was just being used as a decoy quite a lot. And I sort of started to cotton on to the fact that I'm not no longer getting an opportunity to touch the ball. And I kind of heard whisper when Gitz was talking in sort of the, the closer confines of the back line, do not pass the ball to Drew. Like, where, <laughs> what were we? We were down. It was 8-7 and we were, it's 20 to go and he we got a lot of opportunity. And at that point, I'm trying to win. So right, the whole game, you're trying to win, but you also want to – maybe there's something that Drew's going to bring. He wasn't bringing it this game. So I was talking to Junior Palisades, who was my 12, and Ryan Cross was the 13. Um, and we were just talking about ways that we could carry on. I just said, under no circumstances are you to pass the ball to Drew. <laughs> Drew came into the huddle. He said, please, please just give me one more chance, one more carry. I said, fine. So the next uh, scrum, it could have even been. Yeah, it's a scrum, yeah. We played a, a move off Junior where Junior went up and across with Ryan and dropped Drew back underneath. Drew held onto the ball. As Which he, I was, I was, I held onto it, and I was like, "Finally, like you know, I'm back." Went to ground, dropped it. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Oh no! And, and then that, and then he, and then Gitch is like, "Fuck, that's it. He's yeah, I done. Said, Fuck, He's that's fucking it. done. You're done. 
Yeah, like Almost Toomey. like he's my like, kid. He's looking at me going, that's it. You're done, mate. Well, it's and too, I was like, the game's so short. You don't have ages. And me and you Drew, broke my heart. I know, but we got a good relationship. Look where we are now. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. I'm fathering yeah. one of your children. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Well, the second one, we're not sure. You think it might be Drew's? Potentially. Okay. Well, that's nice. Look, yeah. Nice, fair hair, dimples, good, sensitive young kid. And have you mapped back to Fast. like the time of conception where you were and... Well, we were both in France at the time. He was spending a lot of time at my house. He was injured at the time. Yeah. Um, Matt would travel away for away games and I would go over <laughs> and he's to not the bathroom it, so. and, and hang with Bianca. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't want to throw Bianca under the bus here, but... Oh, at all. You anyway, did. that was your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't get it. That took a <laughs> left turn, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, a, that's my little tight little jersey. show. Just for people that are watching it, that, that you could try it on for everybody. Oh. Just to finish the show. Yeah, yeah but something not to now. tease later on. Well, I mean, I can try it on now, but I'm a bit worried after just talking about maybe how I'm I can, Maybe I can rip into my jersey prayers while he, while he tries, tries it on. To That's a good idea. That, I mean, getting into that. All right, Swoop, what do you got? So I've got mine over there on your right shoulder. Can oh, we get here. a nice fit? Oh, this is no, you. Leave it there. I like oh, look at this. Sorry. Yep. Can we see that? Yeah, see that, guys? What about how hairy I've got? Yeah. Wow. Have you heard of backburning? Quite like it I've really so Drew's taking for the podcast. Is Drew's taking his shirt off? I'm sure Harvey Norman got a Harvey good pair Norman of clippers to get into that. Clippers. They're probably something they do in the appliance section. Yeah, they would for sure. Absolutely. Are you, <laughs> Are you it's not happy? Bad. With it's, like, <laughs> it's not as great. Has it been in the? On. It's been in the dryer or something? Has it? Is it? No. This is just. This is how I used to be fit. <laughs> now I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one letter change. Now, you've got to grab your mic, mate, so people can hear you <laughs> oh, describing you. Yeah, sorry. Uh, now, um, Swoop, so over my right-hand shoulder, for, for those listening there, it's black and red. What is this jersey yeah, we've got so here? Yeah, that's, so um, that's my – that's actually the last jersey I wore. Um, it's actually not a jersey. It's more of a rashy. So, a mate of ours, Jimmy oh. Galvin, who runs the yeah. Presidente of Aqua Rugby. Yes, that's right. Convinced yeah. me to come down in the second year of Aqua Rugby to have a run around on that pontoon in Manly. That's the Rashi. I agreed to it. Norse were playing Gordon. Probably the worst decision of my life because it's just basically a bunch of young blokes trying to take your head off. And I did not enjoy it at all. It's the first time in my career I actually passed the footy. Yeah, you didn't pass it during Guiltinis. You played that after the. I did, mate. Yeah. So it's when we got back from the Guiltinis last July. Hmm. Don't know, it's all very sketchy. Irrelevant. um, (laughs) But it's also, it's a nice, I guess it was a nice moment because it's one of the first jerseys I wore too. It's where I kind of- Started at North. Are you on the board or something? No, I'm not at the board. Um, Don't you have some sort of involvement? Unless there's an opening, hey? Do you have some sort of involvement? I mean, I've just been with North for 20 20 years. Yeah, Yeah. mate, there's a lot of- It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, sweet. And it will hang there with pride. Can I take yeah. mine off now? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I'm breathing. No, that'll bring the ladies in. Uh, You're single. <laughs> but I just can't leave my mic on it. I'm going to take it off. So okay. Don't take it off. Uh, so while More Drew views. takes his top off, as I mentioned... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, this is um, one of his great party tricks. Just, can you... Again, if you are listening to this, you need to tune in to the <laughs> he's, visual. He's available. Because you... <laughs> that is, he's just taking his shirt off and it's It's magical. <laughs> Yeah. Good, good now, strength. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, um, we are looking, we are staring down the barrel of the rugby championship, which starts this weekend. The Aussies taking on South Africa mm. uh, in Pretoria. Um, now, you guys, obviously, uh, two of you made your debuts against South Africa, Drew and yeah. oh. Swoop. Um, you, you so Swoop, uh, sorry, Drew, you won in Sydney. Swoop, you lost in Perth. Um, any were they happy memories debuting against them? Any decent tales about your debut? Uh, yeah, um, we're playing in Sydney. I was on the bench. Uh, boys are going really well, but there was a lot of uh, injuries in the back line. I always joke with uh, Morgan Tuanui that he came off in the forty-third minute with cramp, <laughs> but I think he might have had some sort of soft tissue tear in his calf. Uh, and so I went into the centres, and there was a couple more. And, and I was, you know, much like you were talking about, I was maybe 81, 82 kilos in the centers as well. So I wasn't, I was pretty, pretty slight at that point. Um, and then I ended up, my center pairing was myself and Wendell Saylor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just because we had so many injuries in the back line and whatever. Um, but we won convincingly, which was, uh, which was good and, and got a little runaway try. Matt Rogers, I think may have taken an intercept. Brian Abana kind of chased him down and then he passed over the top and, and I kind of fended Brian away for for a try, and then went into the uh, went into the dressing rooms afterwards. 
um, sung the anthem, got presented my cap, and you have to do a, a, like a, a beer skull for your first cap, but also first try. So I had to drop two pretty quickly. And at that point, I hadn't really familiarized myself too much with beer. Like I, I just, I don't know, beer wasn't my go-to at that point. Um, and I vomited and, uh, and I just brought my head up to this hand sort of there. And it was the, um, His Excellency uh, Johnny Howard, oh, the, the, the current prime minister at that time, you, just basically you... interrupted my vomit. So uh, to <laughs> shake my hands and congratulate me. So um, yeah, look, I mean, fond memories, is, you know, obviously your first game, um, but nice to get the win, nice to get a try. And nice then, to uh, spew on the PM. Yeah, and just have to wipe the mouth before I <laughs> shake his hand. Yeah, Swoop, you, you you didn't win against the South Africans. No, that yeah, we'd lost. Um, but I mean, from memory, it wasn't happy or sad. It was more shock because um, I was I had zero prep going into that test because I was in the stands before they actually um, kicked off. You're sitting in the stands. Sitting in the stands, halfway. He wasn't on. in the obviously in the match day. Wasn't three, in the match day. Yeah, someone got injured in the warm up. Yeah, Elton, Elton Flatley. Flatley. Yeah, right. And because they were running the old school twenty two, and they they were running a uh, a five two man bench, so five forwards, two backs, and it was uh, Chris Whitaker was the reserve half, and whoever was the reserve outside back had gone on because Elton Flatley got knocked out. May have been you, Drew. I no, know. I was already starting. Mate. You blokes were starting. Mm. You blokes were there. So <laughs> maybe you can fill me in on that, but. Um, yeah, just got called in. I was halfway through a four and twenty. Might have been Morgan. Two is new. Two you having a beer and a pie? Yeah, four and twenty. <laughs> I met Paul the other day. The, the guy who runs that joint. Look at you so, trying to get a. Can we, I'd love to be sponsored by pies as well as Harvey Norman. Anyway, they've got pie warmers. What a story! Um, and then yeah, a couple of minutes, and then basically sat on the bench for seventy-eight minutes talking to Wits around what but plays. How, hang the on, boys but how how do you get from eating a pie and a beer? Elton gets injured, but who comes to you? Like, what happens? Good question. So we got a call, and it was from Chris Webb at the time. Team said, manager, yeah. Team manager said, "Boys, get down to the get down to the change rooms. We need you down here. The boys are about to run on." And myself and Matt Henjack, who was the twenty third man, I was twenty fourth. Got up, had to drop the pie and the beer. Well, I actually finished the beer. It's important to know. Mm. Always finish. <laughs> yeah, Ran down, got down there, and kind of walked in the change rooms because I just come from club, Norse. And I, I was thinking for some reason, I had to go down there and clap the boys on. You know that old school kind of club mentality yes. where you kind of finish your game and you clap the next team on? I thought we're clapping them on. So I'm running down there going, okay, I'll clap the boys on. How good is this? Got thrown a jersey. The jersey didn't have a number on its back. So talk about bottle cap trivia. Only Wallaby to debut without a number, a number on his back. Mm. You played without a number? Yeah. No number. His first game. Why couldn't you wear the person that? Was in that? I don't know, mate. He didn't fit in it. Anyway, um, they threw me the jersey and before I knew it, I was walking out. And so you could see how confusing this is for my mates, particularly my family, who just before I was in the, I was in the stadium knocking off a four and 20 and a beer, taking pictures at halfway going, how good's this? You know, Eddie's flown me over for the weekend yeah, and watching all these play the spring box. How good's this? Subiaco halfway. Seats are great. It's the second time I've ever been on a flight, you know, just a young kid from the Central Coast, loving life. Five minutes I mean, later, I'm standing- high a lot. Yeah, of course. Been flying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Both. But not flying. We'll come back flying. to that because that's why LA was so enjoyable. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so five minutes later, after receiving messages from where I was sitting in the stands, I'm now in the, the yeah, lineup man. singing the national anthem. So the old girl was like, fuck, what's doing? <laughs> anyway, I, couldn't, I didn't have time to explain it. Anyway, so I played, uh, well- I'd spent 78 minutes warming up on the bench and talking to wits around the plays. And Clyde Rathbone maybe went down with a bit of a cork in his knee, but he's getting getting carried off and he kind of looks at me and I'm standing on the sideline waiting to walk on. He kind of gives me a bit of a wink. Maybe it was a bit of a code back then. Yeah. It was always if someone was on the bench and hadn't debuted. The game was in the balance. So it was controversial. wouldn't have done. wouldn't have been a – I think they were behind by maybe three. Yeah. And – um, yeah, so Clyde comes off, gives me a bit of a wink. I go on, minute and a half, become Wallaby number 800. I kind of did this little half. I got the ball, got my hands on the ball. Half break, went to offload, went to deck. And I think uh, Eddie Jones was running a KPI system back then where, I mean, you could explain it a little bit better, Ooh, but, you know, no. for good involvement, you got green, was it? No, plus. It's plus. just like a plus and minus. So you get a score at the end of the game and it could be 12. So you might have had six bad things, but then 18 positive things. And whatever your score ends up, that's just like an ind- key indicator. Yeah. Yeah. So, what in a minute and a half? Yeah. You minute and a half was one positive little half break. You know, body through, 
offload, went to deck, negative, so finished on par. I mean, that's not bad. That's not bad. Par's good. good. How was your debut? So I've still got the record. I was on there for eight minutes against England at Twickenham. Uh, Pulled straight out of club rugby, not played super rugby. Like I wasn't ready for test rugby. You look Um, like a cabbage patch kid. Yeah. (laughs) When you're waiting to go off from the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've heard that a bit. (laughs) Is that it? Yeah. How old were you again? Just an observation. 19. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, But I finished with minus four, eight minutes. And I went into ball play. So how many errors? Uh, well, you probably, I don't even know if I had a positive involvement. Um, there was a bounce pass there. Yeah, but so we were behind by a point. I don't know why Eddie put me on. Eight minutes to go, behind by a point for my first test, threw me on at 10. And before that, I'd only ever played halfback. He was the one that then moved me into 10 and then 12 eventually. Um, but I came on. We never had a hope. But he like saw I something. On, he did. He, he saw, saw a big saw future. Yeah. So, That's what I, I still see. Yeah. <laughs> There's still, still a glint. You know why? Because you were yeah. my coach last year. That's right. Uh, right. Maybe this. Maybe this what, what, what do you think on. my score would have been on that game against the Highlanders for the force? Well, the thing was, you got 80 minutes. So times, I had eight minutes, so you'd be minus 40. You times it by <laughs> 10, Mate, wouldn't you? I think we've just segued seamlessly into my next sort of line of questioning, which is <laughs> South Africa. So the boys are playing at, at Loftus Versfeld. Um, so, I mean, we could get into the technical thing about elevation and how the ball moves differently and all that stuff, or you could just tell us some stories about playing in South Africa, touring there. You guys used um, to do months there, didn't you? Yeah, we used to go for a while and a couple of times a year, Super Rugby and then uh, Rugby Championship, or what was it, Tri-Nations back in those days, yeah. for a lot of it. Uh, got to meet Nelson Mandela at uh, at Loftus. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Winnie, his wife. It's pretty oh, cool. Oh, wow, geez, dropping some um, bombs there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did well, you... But- Tall I mean, man, right? Really, right. really tall. I remember the wife? I remember. Yeah, I mean, she was. She was. Yeah, it was before the anthems. He'll come anthems, on, shake yeah. your hand. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty impressive. That and then, impressive. then we'd go up this really long tunnel at the the stadium. There, it's like you're just going uphill for a good eighty meters or something to get back to the change rooms. That's at Johannesburg. You're talking about? Um, that one is. Yeah, sorry, yeah. but there was also yeah. This one time when we were walking past uh, a golf buggy with um, Nelson Mandela was sitting on it, and all the Springboks were around it. And he was giving them a rev up and they were all just crying. Like, they were all so engaged. And like, oh, wow. So well, built up. And the Springboks had never lost a game. Still now, when Nelson Mandela was there in person watching, they just, they just found... Isn't that amazing? Land. Is that right? Yeah. Did, you, did the Wallabies have a Nelson Mandela Yeah, version? we need a Nelson. Do you? John uh, Williamson. Yeah, oh, there you go. Hitting True Blue. And, and you'd and always win? Matilda. Is there a place uh, where we haven't lost? Is there a You're place always pretty good in Brisbane, aren't you? Yeah, but I remember we lost the yeah, decider. We lost there. It's probably where we had the highest winning percentage, but Canberra? Anyway, scrap that. <laughs> We've only had one test in Canberra, never lost there. Should have more games there. Ah, that's not a bad Mate. shout. Yeah. It, but when you play in Canberra, it's in July and it's absolutely freezing. Yeah. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> yeah, hey, sorry. let's go. Stories about South Africa. I've heard of a place, Cafe Caprice. Oh. Somebody worded me up into this where all the wallabies used to go. Yeah, yeah. That's um, down at Camps Bay in Cape Town, one of the great spots. And and I think it was also, you watch any player from any super rugby team that talk about South Africa, they always say Cape Town's their best spot to go to. Hey, uh, so obviously the Aussies take on uh, South Africa at the same time in the rugby championship. You have New Zealand taking on Argentina in Argentina, in Mendoza. Um Adam, you went there a few times, 2013 to 2015. You had a win, you had a loss, you had a win. Do you remember that? Um, Were you in that game where Czech lost it? No, no, I wasn't there. I nearly got kicked out of the squad when I went to Argentina. Um, before the World Cup 2015, I was in the non-playing party, and uh, so I was picked earlier <laughs> in the week, and, and uh, myself and a number of other players um, went out on the Tuesday night before the Wednesday day off because we weren't playing, which is what we used to do yeah. for many years. That was yeah. sort of the, because around the game time, the players that didn't play would have to do their fitness straight after the game, whatever, before you then fly on to the next place. So your night to go out was Tuesday night. And we kind of made a bit of a ruckus coming home and um, woke up uh, Mike Hogan, the doctor. He, he said, oh, anytime you want a whiskey, just swing by. And he was rooming next to myself and James Hansen, uh, the chiba. Uh, the anxious beast, and we knocked on the doc's door at three in the morning, woke him up. Oh, wasn't that late, his, Drew? In his tidy whiteies. <laughs> He'd be ready to have yeah, a beer. Yeah, didn't have much of a crack. Um, 
And then we just sat down, had a few um, few whiskeys and whatever. Now the next day, one of those boys that I was out with, when it, like we still had to do recovery with the team, but fell asleep, passed out in, in the sauna. Yeah. How do you fall asleep in a sauna? Well, no, he, didn't he go to the sauna to sweat out? Yeah, but then he- And then passed where, out that's in the team he, meeting. No, no, no. So he, he passed out, which is, he, he was like, he spent longer than he should have in the sauna, <laughs> but came good, went to the team meeting. Adam Fry was a classic wallaby presenting the uh, jerseys, had up a beautiful slideshow, talking through everything that means something to him and all that. And then uh, it was Scotty Higginbotham and he, <laughs> I was I not meant to say. <laughs> No, go for it. I mean, it was. Yeah. Anyway, so he just fainted like in the team meeting into the honey badge of Nick Cummings' arms. And Nick didn't really know what to do. So he just put Scotty's <laughs> arm around his head, around his head <laughs> and just held him up like it was weekend of birth. Yeah. Right? Like, he was out. And then all of a sudden his, his body weight went forward and he hit the deck and uh, Check had to come. Oh, stop, stop, stop. You know, something going on. And, and, uh, and he, he got taken out and then he exposed us right because then they were like well hang on a minute why is he why is he passed out why is he fainted and then um one by one over the next the next four days going into that game check just picked off the six the mendoza six that went out on the on the tuesday night <laughs> which is you're now known as the mendoza just went absolutely off at them like you know you're so selfish blah, blah, blah. like chiba first off he was gone and then you know scotty and then all the other boys that were involved and i hadn't been spoken to yet and uh and we were walking in the in the airport the day after the game the boys had a win and you know spirits are up and check came up to me as we were going towards our gate and he said oh, now mate we need to have a, a chat and i was like yeah i was kind of waiting for this and he's like mate what are you doing i said look check because i'd already been in trouble once with him in in sydney beforehand as well around the rules and um and he, he brought me back on the ghetto law to to kind of play in the world cup and I said, yeah, look, check. I'm sorry. Like, you know, before before I left, this was the thing that everyone did. I, I just obviously hadn't read the new protocols and whatever. I'm not trying to go against you or, you know, like, you know, go behind your back or anything, but I understand that you need to do what you need to do. And he's like, mate, you just put me in a really shit position. I was like, yeah, I get it. And again, I'll I'll wear whatever you, you feel is necessary. And then, um, so I didn't get a real dressing down. It was more like a, I'm disappointed in you kind of chat, which is often worse. Yeah, that was my only time in Argentina <laughs> with the Wolves. That's what we want on this show, boys. We mm. want stories like that. That's that's yeah, really good. Just throw everyone under the bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but this is about I outing mean, all your ex-teammates. This yeah. is what. No, this I mean, is. I, didn't, I didn't mean to throw Scotty under, but like that's just, I, just that happened. He just over recovered. He was actually trying to do the right thing. Yeah, mm. absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, time for another Harvey Norman plug, yes. guys. Uh, Signpost of you. Oh, hang on, I'm not meant to read that. <laughs> I also don't no, like got how it. you're at the point where you have to read. I'd like you to recite this next time, just off memory. Oh, dude, there's a lot to say. It's a double header this weekend to kick off the rugby championship, starting with South Africa versus Australia. Kick off at 1.05 a.m., followed by Argentina versus New Zealand, 5.10 a.m. Kick off both games on Stan Sport uh, on Sunday, 9th of July. And for the very best experience, gents, get yourself down to the home of technology TVs, computers, mobile phones, gaming, audio. Optimum viewing experience for all the upcoming matches. Give yourself a treat. You deserve it. Go to Harvey Norman. Splurge. Must. Yeah. 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 What a spot. What a spot. This rug. Hey, now, um, we, we it is a good rug. Now, we are running out of time. Yeah. It's been a wonderful first step, guys. You guys should be very proud of yourselves. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I mean, we're just sort of warming into it. Oh, mate, I've got a feeling we are going to have an awesome 10 years. That's what this feels like. <laughs> Should we finish with a little bit of uh, trivia? Just yes. to get you guys Love going. Yeah. This is yeah. called uh, Rucking Good Trivia. Oh, um, good name. Thank you. Rucking Good Name. Yeah. Um, I didn't come up with it, but I'll claim it. Um, and basically, it's to do with your careers. Right. Buzz in, take a guess. Um, What's somebody our buzzer? will keep score. Um, say your name. Okay. <laughs> Who had the best winning percentage? This is question one in their international careers. Matt. I'm going to go with Matt. Yeah, Matt. Now, why don't you each say who you think it is? Matt? Uh, I got the glory days early when I didn't do much, but okay, the team yeah, Matt, was good. You've yeah, convinced go, me. Matt. Matt uh, correct. Matt, 58.25%. Wow, that's not Who good. is lower out of you two, do you reckon? Uh, Coopy, because he Adam. played longer. Just 57.43%. Drew, 57.74%. Wow. Pretty good. Not really. Always that's not great both. percentages. Is it? Question two. You guys have considered rugby's hottest thruple? We already... <laughs> yep. 
establish that. Uh, let's see how well you know each other. Um, okay. We'll start with you, Adam. Adam, what's Matt's middle name? James. Booyah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drew, yeah. what is Adam's middle name? Philip. Booyah. Matt, what is Drew's middle name? Alan. Holy <laughs> dooly. Calls yeah, himself Dan. Damn. Drew, um, yeah. Yeah. He's done for a long time. Very mm. good. Round three, who had the most international handling errors out of you three? <laughs> That's definitely Drew. Actually, Sweep Dog. Drew. Uh, no, I mean, I, you played almost twice my career, so I'd say Adam. I'm going to go with me because I think I handle the ball the most. Okay. Ooh. Uh, we couldn't find an answer on that. We just wanted to get you guys to argue. <laughs> <laughs> what about none of us said ourselves? <laughs> I did. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> They're mid-strength, mate. Mid-strength. <laughs> Is that uh, why they're going through it so quick? Yeah, I'd say so. Round way. four, and this one's a two-parter. Part one, how much does Drew regret leaving the Waratahs in 2013 as they won the Super Rugby in 2014? A, not much. B, a bit. C, loads. I reckon it's a hard one to answer because he would have... A, B, C, filthy, mate. He was filthy about leaving me. Because we we're living with each other at the time, right? But he's then going to live with Gits, mm. right? So this, this is how the freeway works, you know. And I left the Waratahs, who won the Super Rugby Championship, and went to Toulon and won the double French title Ooh. and European Championship. What's what is better in everybody's opinion? Oh, much of a muchness. You play ten years in Super Rugby, so to win a title there would be—I reckon—they're pretty equal because. It might not be recognised as much on a world stage if you win the Super Rugby, but personally it means probably a bit more, whereas European title means a lot more around the world and not. it also means a bit personally, but I don't know, is it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think whenever you, you know, like you sit there at the start of a year and you, you know, as a team you shoot for a goal. So I think anything, I mean, I've not, you guys have experienced Super Rugby uh, title wins. I haven't. I've only had the the French and the and the European, but I think it's just whenever you achieve something that you go out you go out for. I don't know if it's really one more than the other. It's it's like that satisfaction and that fulfilment that you've actually achieved it. Probably say B then. Yeah, B, not a bit. Yeah, yes. you're right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Part two of that. How much correlation is there between Drew leaving and the Tars winning? <laughs> <laughs> a, not much. B, a bit. C, loads. Swoop, you're in the I'm team. Gonna, I'm going to I'm going to sit in the middle a bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dog, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, finally, tiebreaker. On a Zoom call during the week, which Swoop could make? How many of his games out of 121 international caps did the boys say he played well? On the Zoom? Yeah, I think we said he, 16. 16, yeah. Out of 121. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what they gave yeah. us. I just <laughs> bit of light fun there. <laughs> fun. Bit of fun, you know? Yeah. yeah. We don't mean it. He's, he's so heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, and that's the that's the oh, quiz, boys. Yeah, the winner is Rugby Union. So Absolutely. congratulations. And Harvey Norman. And Harvey Norman. Uh, yeah. um, which the only thing left to do, boys, is uh, first of all, to thank you. That was very good. For a first outing, we're just going to get stronger from here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah so. uh, lots of fun. And the other thing is to thank um, Harvey Norman. So the good, the bad, and the rugby, the world's biggest rugby show, has made its way to Australia with massive thanks to the fantastic support of Harvey Norman. Talking all things Wallabies as they get stuck into a crucial few months with the Rugby Championship and Rugby World Cup in France on the horizon. Uh, we will be back next week to look back on the weekend's games and preview the return of Michael Checker with the Wallabies against Argentina in Sydney and the All Blacks welcoming the Springboks to Auckland. So uh, tune in for that. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week. Gee, brah. <laughs> <laughs>